Well, if a little kiss didn't wake Vaughn Palmer up this morning, I don't know what would. He joins us now to talk about last night's debate. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simmy. Hey, are you a kiss fan? Uh, sure. I, uh, I went to uh, one of the great kiss shows at the Pacific Coliseum where they managed to not set fire to the building and burn it to the ground. <laughs> I think it was just after they put out that album where they poured their own blood into the mix to print the cover. Yes. Uh, you know, they're such a tasteful, restrained <laughs> band. I, uh, you know, and now uh, they're a lot of fun. A lot I, of fun. I remember when they were in town for that. That would have been, I guess, the late 70s, probably, something like that. Uh, 1852, I think, is when I was a rock critic, uh, Simi, <laughs> a, a long time ago. Well, I remember they came to town, and so they left their hotel in full makeup, right? And there was a big crowd. And the, I remember well, on the news hour. I was watching the yeah. news hour with my grandmother, and she did not understand what was happening, who yeah, these people no, were. I, it's like somebody once said they claimed they had seen the two members of ZZ Top without their beards, right? No, no, those are real, right? <laughs> That's what Kiss actually looked like. Those weren't costumes. <laughs> oh, those were the days. All right, then you got involved in politics and covering politics. So let's yeah. talk about last night's debate. Your thoughts. Well, I think, first of all, it seemed to me that the candidates and the organizers and the candidates' handlers had all agreed on one thing. They did not want yes. a spectacle uh, like happened in the United States. They did not want to make the audience despise and hate PC politicians yes. and hate all of them and denounce all of them for taking part in an appalling spectacle. So they behaved themselves. Uh, I agree with what everyone else has said, that Shachi Churl did a great job. But look, Simi, um, don't worry about Thursday. They're going to be terrified of you. I don't know. I was uh, a little worried. They'll listen to whatever you say. <laughs> and if you threaten to send them to their room, unless they shut up, uh, seriously, um, it, it was it was very good in that sense. The format worked. Uh, if people wanted to hear uh, the leaders and not hear them shouting over each other, they got that. Yes. And so that's, you know, the first observation. And I'm very much looking forward to Thursday's repeat and see whether any of them uh, change their strategy, because yeah. I think in terms of d minimizing damage to themselves, they met that test very well. They did that. However, some people were in more need of a boost than others who were on yes. that stage last night. So who would you say uh, came out th the best performance? Oh, look, Sonia Furstenau has been leader of a political party in the province for four weeks, right? She's She inherited this leadership, her, her predecessor's Stabbed, stuck two or three knives in her back as she was taking the job, Andrew Weaver. Um, and she immediately had to organize and run for election. She is mm -hmm. double-crossed by her partner in power-sharing, John Horgan. So uh, she had nowhere to go but up, but she did. You know, I thought um, she handled herself exceptionally mm -hmm. well, uh, and particularly in holding the premier to account. So... One of the things you always look for is um, how do you hold someone to account without coming across as too aggressive or shrill or nasty or unpleasant? And I thought she found the balance point on that. She really did uh, hold Horgan to account for calling an unnecessary election, uh, for, for double-crossing the Greens, for repudiating his own signature, for untrustworthiness. 
And I think that explains why, to me, Horgan seemed, for a guy who's so far ahead in the polls, he has very little to worry about, uh, Horgan seemed to me to be a little on the defensive, Mm -hmm. a little ragged, a little chippy. Um, You know, those of us who covered him in opposition remember the old, dark, aggressive, temper-losing John Horgan. He didn't lose it, but you saw him frayed at the edges a bit, and so I thought she was quite effective. She was, but we're talking about her in ways of being able to take the task to John Horgan. Shouldn't that have been Andrew Wilkinson? He had the most to gain with an outstanding performance. Well, yes, but, you know, here here's the problem for Wilkinson. The format, the uh, strategizing going in was, you know, um, you're going to have to be careful. Um a contender that is that far behind in the polls has to run very big risks. They have to be a bit of a bomb tosser. They really have to go after the front runner and uh, take the risk that in doing it, uh, they may even disrupt the format. Uh, he chose not to do that. Uh, I, I mean, I thought he presented the liberal positions on things fairly well. He dealt with the one area that uh, roast where he had to explain himself, but um, he really needed to make up a lot of ground. I'd be surprised if he made up any ground uh, with the viewer, with the undecided voter. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, but I, my guess is that uh, people came away impressed with uh, first to know, and uh, you know, the premier in that sense uh, comes out with the advantage, uh, except for what the issue Gordon McDonald raised, which is did first to know save enough green votes? to put some writings into play right. that the New Democrats expected to pick up. And I, I will have to wait and see the polling on that. First, I know probably saved her own seat, I would think. She may have saved Adam Olson's seat uh, on the island, the two gr- seats the Greens hold. But what is about- it enough to cut into the NDP's incredible lead in a bunch of swing writings? Um, I'd be surprised. What about Andrew Weaver's seat? Well, now the problem in the Andrew Weaver seat here on the island is that it was more an Andrew Weaver seat than it was a green seat. And the New Democrats have nominated a very high-profile candidate, Murray Rankin, uh, well-known in the community, and the Greens have not nominated a high-profile candidate. So I suppose if it turns into a three-way race, you could get uh, the kind of result where even the Liberals could hope to win it, but we don't see any sign of that at the moment. I am curious, like when all this is done and the election's over and we can break down what happened, I have a lot of questions about some of the decisions, though, that the BC Liberals have made. Um, for instance, today, and and Keith Baldry was pointing this out last night uh, on Twitter, Andrew Wilkinson's in Kitimat. Yes, he is, and for a good reason. So that's Skeena, the provincial seat. It's the LNG riding, and the Liberals are you know, very supportive of LNG development. The liberal candidate there is Ellis Ross, and he's a First Nations leader who the liberals are very, very happy to have recruited. Yeah. He has been um, there. He has helped the liberals a lot in reaching out to the First Nations communities that want a piece of the action, that want jobs, that want development. And uh, Wilkinson and the Liberals owe him a lot. That seat is probably in play, given what's happened to the voting results, uh, the, the polls. And so uh, Wilkinson needs to go there mm. and do an event for him. 
Um, there may be ridings in British Columbia where the local liberal candidate would not welcome Andrew Wilkinson, but this one is critical, really? uh, and he has to go there. So much for us to talk about. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi. Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun, breaking down last night's debate. You can weigh in with your thoughts as well. Call our buzz line or drop me an email, simi at cknw.com.